We have all heard about small entry-level electric vehicles. Tesla has been playing around with it for nearly a decade now, promising us this $20,000 to $30,000 electric vehicle. One of these ones that's going to get entry-level people out of their internal combustion engine vehicles and into electric. But why, after over a decade, still don't we have them? This is a question a lot of people keep asking. You go over to China, and they're starting to get into markets like this. But over in North America and Europe, the small car electrics still isn't there. Why is that? Why haven't we really jumped into the world of small EVs? Well, there are reasons behind it. And those reasons are going to be uncovered today on the Autolux podcast. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out, read some of the reviews that we do about exterior designs, and find some of the Corporate Links websites. We are essentially the search engine for automotive corporations from around the world at autolux.net. If you haven't done so, check out the Autolux podcast on any major streaming site from around the globe, from Spotify to iTunes. We are there. And give us a rating. Give us, you know, a review. Send us something and tell us what you think about the Autolux podcast. You can find it on every major streaming site from around the globe. The Autolux podcast is brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and the Autolux.net website, hosted by himself, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, bringing you the industry news, the industry future, and what is going on in the automotive industry as a whole from the Autolux.net and Ecom Entertainment Group. So like I said in the beginning, small EVs, why don't we have them? A simple question, money. Money is one of the reasons why we really don't have them. Hell, even look at the small car market, and even in North America, in the early 2000s and late 2010s, how little we had for entry-level small cars. Only a few major companies had them. Not everybody had these entry-level products. For one, Chrysler never had one. Neither did Dodge. They had them a long time ago, but not anymore. Ford, the Fiesta. It took forever, and then it was replaced by the EcoSport, which is now leaving us. So these small entry-level products are disappearing. Why? Because they don't make lots of money. And when it comes to EVs, EVs already are expensive to make. The cost for them has decreased substantially over the past 15 years of production. But we are still not to the point where small cars can really enter the EV marketplace in major industrialized nations. A nation like China with over 24 million car sales per year and over 1.3 billion people with a market capitalization of over 800 million people. That's a massive market, which means if you build a small car, you're going to find lots of buyers. And a lot of these Chinese marks have tons and tons of different products within their stable. The Chinese marketplace is similar to that of the North American marketplace at the turn of the century when the automotive marketplace started taking off. Look between the 20s and 40s and how many great American car companies were in existence. But by the 50s, how little that had been whittled down to after the Great War. Well, China is going through that massive growth rate, which means they have tons of companies and tons of these companies have multiple divisions. So when Geely builds a small, tiny little entry-level pocket car, they could spread it amongst all of their other brands. Shanghai Automotive Group does this. FAW does this. 
General Motors even does this. They don't do it in their home market, but they do it in the Chinese market because they're tied in with so many other manufacturers, plus their ownership of the Wuling brand. They have small entry-level products for that market. But because the market is so big, they can build so many, which means their cost can be reduced. If you take a look at the North American marketplace, especially in the United States during the 90s and into the early 2000s, hatchbacks were not that big. They're massive now because nobody wants to admit it, but crossover utility vehicles are essentially the new age hatchback for your average customer. Nobody buys wagons, nobody buys sedans, everybody buys hatchbacks. My RAV4 has a hatch. Brago has a hatch. The SX4 has a hatch. My Rio has a hatch. My CX-9 had a hatch. The last vehicle I ever owned with a dedicated trunk was my Taurus. So hatchbacks are king. But during that time frame, hatchbacks weren't king. And one of the few places you were able to find them were entry-level products. The Mitsubishi Mirage, the Pontiac G5 and Chevrolet Aveos, the little Suzuki Swifts. They were entry-level products. They're the ones that got people in the door for their first car sale. Now, Elon Musk is smart, and he knows he needs an entry-level product. He needs somebody to get in at the ground level and start running. But to do this, he needs to build a vehicle to do that. Now, Tesla has come a massive way with their production. And considering the fact the second-generation Model 3 is going to be built with nearly half the amount of parts as the previous model, reducing its cost and increasing its productivity, the possibility for a, a sub-$30,000 EV product is getting closer. Just this past week, I was listening to... Well, I should say, I was reading the news about Fisker and the release of their new Ocean. Well, they want to create an entry-level product as well called the Pair. But they're having problems with this. Production, costs, batteries, like everything is standing in the way of this entry-level product. General Motors attempted to do an entry-level product with the Bolt. This tiny little thing, about the same size as a BMW i3, was set out into the marketplace to try and drum up sales into the electric world. Well, one, you're selling it as a Chevy product, which means it has to have a low price point. Because a customer buying a Chevrolet isn't the same customer that's buying a Cadillac. See, BMW was able to sell the i3 at a higher price point to make money off that small car because of the name associated with it. The people purchasing it were people who were able to afford its higher price tag and afford to have a secondary vehicle to go back and forth to work in. The Chevrolet Bolt is in that same category as the Chevrolet Sonic. It essentially replaced it. Now, the Sonic was the one that got people into the industry. That's where you started. You went from the Sonic. You moved on to the Cruise. You got into a Malibu. And at the end of the line, you hit the Impala before you ever made the decision to jump ship and go to either Buick or Cadillac. You had to move yourself up that food chain. Similar to that of Toyota with the Yaris to the Corolla to the Camry to the Avalon before you go to the Lexus brand. They all have steps. Toyota now has the Corolla Cross from the North American marketplace. Over in Europe, the Yaris Cross. Yeah, they now have a CUV Yaris edition. And if you haven't seen it, go back and check it. That, that thing is amazing looking. But electric, yet again, we got to get back to this. Electric vehicles are the vehicles that don't need massive batteries. They're the people who live in urban areas. These are the products that are great for subscription services. They are the ones for condo owners who walk to work, utilize on a weekend to go out to the suburbs and do shopping. They're the small little vehicles, but they also need to be priced at a point where people can enter into it. Now, I have friends that earn less than me. Not saying, you know, I'm rich or anything, but I can get myself into a RAV4 
nice, easily, and comfortably. Hell, the Highlander is kind of pushing the limits there. But I have friends who can't get into a RAV4. If they went into the bottom end of the Spectrum, they'd be moving into a Yaris, or in the olden days, a Chevrolet Sonic. So if they want to do something better for the environment, they would want to move into something like a Chevrolet Bolt. But when the price of that Bolt is the same as what they pay for a Malibu, they're not going to jump into bed with that car. They're going to look at it as the size of that car is similar to a Sonic. That's a car I can, that can be had for about $18,000 when they were around. And the Bolt, I'm looking at like $40,000. That's the price of average RAV. Like That's what I paid for my RAV. $40,000. I get more interior space, more usability, and it also comes from a company that builds a higher quality product. With a Bolt being priced to $40,000, those entry-level people aren't looking at that product. The Bolt and the Bolt EUV were from a brand that people used to get into the marketplace. Now this market is slowly starting to change, with companies like Kia and their new EV6 getting into it. But the EV6 gives you something bigger than a Rio, so you expect the cost to be that bigger than the Rio. It's more of an Optima price, but your space and your power is similar to that of an Optima, so you could transfer an Optima owner over to it. Kia has yet to have a Ray, a Picanto, or even a Rio electric car, because the costs are so substantial. Battery technology needs to come down in price. Now, it has to come down in price to get mid-level entry cars like the Model 3 onto the marketplace, but it is still not there for those sub-$30,000 marketplace. We still need to get battery prices way down, and when we're looking at a market where the price for materials is skyrocketing constantly due to the fact that getting new mines online in first world nations is hard. There's so much red tape. We did a podcast about electric battery services, or First Cobalt, as it was called when we first did our podcast about it. They're building North America's only chromite smelter. Chromium and magnesium are part of battery. You get that from Cobalt. And they have been working on this since we started this podcast over four years ago. And they are still not into full production. There are new lithium mines being placed close to Thunder Bay, Ontario. Four of them, plus two processing facilities and the possibility of a smelter, all of which have been announced in the past 18 months. But not a single one will have anybody working in it and processing any of this material out until 2026, three years from now at the base minimum. So we can't get these materials out to create these batteries. We can't bring the cost down of our batteries, which makes them more expensive, which means that entry-level vehicle is more expensive. Tesla knows this, and that is why they spent the past decade working to create less parts and bring down the price of the product. They believe that the second-generation Model 3 will be able to hit that sub-$30,000 market. And if the, the entry-level model, which only does about 165 miles on a charge, what you would need for living in an urban environment, can get under that $30,000 price range, people that I know that have trouble getting into the automotive marketplace, that vehicle becomes better looking for them. So are we closer to having these products? We are getting closer, but when your margins are way too low in that marketplace, a lot of people tiptoe around the idea. Think about this. When the sedan marketplace started faltering and companies started jumping ship, what were the first vehicles they got out of? The Fiesta was cut, then the Focus, then the Fusion, then the Taurus. They make more money off the Taurus than they did the Fiesta. Let's cut the one we make the least amount of money off. Sure, you're cutting an entire portion of the market 
out of the automobile industry, which has now made it so that those people have to wait longer before they get into it, which means they are less likely to enter the market at a younger age and purchase a fun vehicle. Without having these sub $30,000 products, the coupe and sports car market is dying out as well. But by being able to do this, similar to that of how Netta has done that over in China, for their marketplace, there's a possibility that we are starting to hit that entry-level marketplace for the EV world. Anybody can build a luxury car and sell it to people. I'm not saying just go out and build a luxury car and sell it to somebody, but there will always be somebody that's willing to foot the bill for one of those expensive new age products. Why do you think companies like Lincoln and Cadillac put all of their brand new technology into their products? General Motors isn't going to put their Super Cruise system into a Chevrolet. They make more sales off Chevrolet products. So they put the technology into Cadillac where people are willing to pay for it. When there's issues with it, those people will only have those vehicles for a limited amount of years before they pass it on and get something new. Where your average Chevy buyer will keep that product longer. And knowing that the average vehicle on the road is now hitting between 13 to 14 years old, I own three within that age group, it's not hard to see why that marketplace needs to be viable. We're not saying it's impossible, or in, let's put it in another case, nothing's impossible, improbable to getting into that marketplace, but the margins just aren't there to make money. And in the end, anybody who runs a business needs to make money. Everybody always says these big corporations are just greedy, and they don't want to do it because they want to keep those people out of the marketplace. No, they want to do it. But what would you rather do? Would you prefer to sell a Model 3 for $40,000 where you make on average 20 to 40% profit on those products? Or would you prefer to make, let's let's call it the Model 1, you know, Model 5 or whatever for the small one, and you're making $5,000 profit on those products. What market are you going to go after first? We get it. If you go after that smaller market and you gain a foothold and get tons of sales, you can blow up and become bigger than anyone else. But one little mistake and you're dead in the water. The Chinese EV manufacturers already know this. With Tesla cutting the prices of their vehicles, they have spent the past 15 years fighting through the EV marketplace to get to the point they are at now. To get their production to a point where they're making massive profits off of their vehicles. Where all of these new Chinese companies are not making much money. They've already proven that most of the major Chinese manufacturers, inclusive of Neo and Xpeng, are not making very much money off any of their products. They are there to fight the big ones. But if the bubble bursts in their home market, they're done for. Their government can prop them up. But how long is their government going to want to prop them up for? And if you take notice, both Neo and Xpeng don't have entry-level products either. Neither does Bid. Bid is working on them for their market. And with Bid getting rid of all their internal combustion engines and going directly to electric propulsion, they really need to get into that marketplace. Consider the fact that Bid is a Chinese version of Chevrolet. If BID was a Chinese version of Cadillac, they'd have an easier go at it, but they're not. The small car market is pivotal for the electric vehicle market as a whole. Without any products in that marketplace, this market will not overtake the internal combustion engine as the main propulsion system for the world. And with Toyota, Hyundai, and even Mercedes getting back into it, hydrogen is now looking at this marketplace because they know that hydrogen changeover is done a lot easier and a lot cheaper than electric vehicle conversions. But getting down the price of them is what's kicking them in the ass. 
Entry-level electric vehicles will be one of the biggest things that hit that propulsion system, paving the way for brand new rental and subscription services within an urban environment. We already have products like this, but they're only pods. They're only dedicated vehicles for just mobility, and that is it. If you go to our website, allux.net, and you write the word pod in, it'll bring up all of these small little two-door vehicles that fit about two people and maybe one or two bags of groceries. That is it. They're built for mobility in very short trips, where some $30,000 products are built for the people who make road trips. Entry level is where you hit the early stages of Wonderlust. Without entry-level products, I wouldn't have been able to go out and explore the world like I did. Those cheap little economy cars got me around. Today, I can do it in something you know, a little more reliable, a little more comfortable. And I keep saying to myself, I would really consider getting a Tesla to replace my back-and-forth-to-work vehicle only if something was more in my price range. The only thing right now within my price range in the electric vehicle industry for going back-and-forth-to-work is a motorcycle. Go check out Fuel. Fuel motorcycles, they're about to release their own street bike. It's about $16,000. Something I'm going to go back-and-forth-to-work in that doesn't cost me a fortune. And I could have fun on the weekends. Like I said, short trips. This is a market we need. But with so much red tape and so much back and forth between mining developers, governments, and essentially the people who live in our country, these new mines are taking longer to hit the ground. And with so many people out there wanting to change the environment and make it better, these same people are the ones fighting against this development. Without development, we can't approve ourselves. And without approving ourselves, we are just digging ourselves a deeper hole. Let's just hope that Tesla's brand new production abilities for the second generation Model 3 proved to be successful enough that they could start building this sub $30,000 product. Because once we start doing that, the electric vehicle marketplace will really take hold. Until then, it'll only be a secondary propulsion system to the petroleum industry. So again, why don't we see them? Like we said at the very beginning, it's as simple as money. It costs a lot to build these products and the profitable margins is limited. If you have to do a mass recall, you're sunk. If you want proof of that, American Motors and their issues with the Pacer, that car started the wheel turning for the demise of American Motors. Small cars can really kill a car company. And sure, they don't kill every major car company where Aston Martin had tons of the Toyota IQs, the Signets out there, that were never sold, but it didn't sink them because they essentially didn't build them. Had Aston Martin built those solely on on their own, they may not be here today because without those sales, they would have been sunk. So in all reality, in the end, why don't we have small EVs everywhere around the world? Well, it's always come down to costs. The cost to produce and operate those vehicles. You need to enter a market where people demand the most out of their cars. I'll give you the greatest quote you'll ever hear in history. Greatest. The loudest boos always come from the cheapest seats. So if you want to enter that small car market for the EVs, you better make sure it is bang on. Because if you get production issues, there are more boos coming from that section than there are from your club seats. Right now, Tesla has the boxes and the club seats. Once they enter the cheap seats, which make up more of the stadium than anything else, their boos are just the blowing wind right now. Once they build that product and something happens, those boos can cripple a company. 
So if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it on any of the major social feeds or streaming services you have found us on. Drop us a line, tell us what you think, help go to the website, autolux.net, and write a comment on this podcast page. Help send us an email at email at autolux.net and tell us what you think about the small EV marketplace. We'd love to talk to you and love to hear what you have to say about the marketplace as well. Send it to myself, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from autolux.net and ecom entertainment media bringing you the past the present and the future of the automotive industry so for myself everett j the whole autolux team here strap yourself in sit down and wait for this wild and fun ride that the small ev market will eventually take us on